0: This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. Up to date and credible. Power 102 Digital.
1: In progress, then I look at you, and the world's all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's going to be a love. be a lovely day a fantastic day thank you so much to the wonderful folks out in bermudas Yeah, the makers of cricks your vital supply for powering our eight o'clock news that's right our major news so thank you so much Bermudes. make sure and pick up your pack of cricks Anyway in trinidad and in tobago i'm sure it's abroad in north america as well yeah you can check the stores the west indian stores that is traffic wise i'm not even gonna worry yeah, when you think you're gonna get traffic, you and will get traffic. Right you will indeed, all right? Uh, I got one accident to tell you about. It's on Madras it's Road, to Madras Settlement. So you come down that way, there's a serious accident on that road as they head towards um, St. Helena Junction, all right? Other than that, yeah, usual spots, all right? all right let's get our results our morning poll and uh, of course we'll bring in our guest this morning he's already online mr mariano brown results of the poll gentlemen do you think a new political party including gary griffith
2: will have an impact in trinidad and tobago we had 33 people voting on the poll this morning 10 of you said yes you do think it will make an impact uh, 23 of you said no you don't think it will so that's our poll. You can continue to vote on this poll throughout the day through our programming, and we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning, which will be Thursday.
1: All right, thank you so much. As we put our cameras on, gentlemen, and welcome our guest. Well, he was we're, here, we going... he
0: disappeared too. Uh-uh. Maybe he's logging back on from a different yeah, device. Yeah, probably. I, I, think, I think the political party I think, uh, it will have some impact. Uh, whether it will win a seat or not is a different matter. I think it takes a lot for a party To be able to make inroads in this country To win a seat as a third party As a new party The incumbents to PNM and the UNC Are very strong and have very strong footholds In most of the country now And um, But then Look what happened in Tobago But Some may argue that Tobago is a different Conversation You know So we'll see how it goes um, Mr. Brown is logging back
1: in. Yeah I see that
0: so, I don't know. I just think it's very difficult to yeah. make inroads in, in the, in the seats currently controlled as, as core safe seats from the, uh, two in, the two main incumbents. I mean, the COP did make some inroads, but I think that's now a done deal. I'd yeah. be surprised if the COP actually still.
1: Yeah. We we can ask our guest that.
0: Capital. Sorry?
1: We could ask our guest, Mr. Mariano Brown, what he thinks there you are good morning morning, good morning how are Mr. you
3: brown not too bad on yourself
1: not bad Pretty at all good.
3: Well. good to see you happy new
0: year again and to you as well <laughs> and happy carnival and happy, all the best for happy, easter happy happy no war, happy yeah, no war. Yeah. we just we just asked a poll question this morning if we think if the audience thought that a new political party involving Guy Griffith as a third party will have make an impact in Trinidad and Tobago, what thinks you
3: um. No. <laughs> that was succinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. No.
3: Why not? Not 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 immediately. It it takes about ten years for a party to to settle in, and get trust because the whole thing is built on trust.
2: The so what, so what accounts for PDP then?
3: What is PDP? What do you mean? Tobago. But the PDP is the Tobagonian party, it's a Tobagonian situation. They were wrong for a little while, right? It didn't just happen, and Mr. Duke had a luncheon pad, it was called the PSA. So he's visible, he is known, um, and there was a fair amount of disaffection in Tobago. It's a, it, Tobago, is a, is not, Tobago is a much smaller um, situation, it's a series of, of, of what you call it, villages that are closely connected. The West has, sorry, the East has never been very strong in terms of the PNM. It has had uh, uh, any dependent streak, right? And, and um, I think Mr. <coughs> Duke fed into that, right? So it's you, much more closely know, you, interconnected with families.
0: You said trust. Is it trust? People trust the PNM and the, and the UNC. Or is it that, as you said, it took a while? Uh, they built a base, but well, the base, I guess, initially was based on trust. But it's just not tribalism, no, or is that tribalism. Are you for for trust or vice
3: versa? Tribalism. Are you familiar? Yes. Well, at the end of the day, trust starts off with all the basics, and the basics are about family, the people that you know, all right? So if it's tribal, that's under. And, don't we say that the country votes in tribes? what, what is the basis of the tribe, race? Right. And what does does everybody know one another? No, but, but there are certain certain characteristics, a figure that falls into that particular category. Right, so that so trust is it. It's something it's, we're looking for things that we empathize with, that we are close to, that look like us, that sound like us. Right, human beings congregate; they they, they operate in groups. They don't operate in individually. The ones that do. Um, Western philosophy has that sort of. Um, bifurcation, and at one stage of the game, it talks about individual capacity, individual ownership. But at the same token, it talks about the group action and group responsibility and community. All right? so uh, I think in, in the West, in individualism is much more strongly emphasized, I and mean, we are part of the West. But at the same token, there's always the underlying tendency to congregate, to get together in groups. So, um, and that's what that's what political parties are. So what is the basis of the group? In other countries, the argument is the basis of philosophy. But you always find that that philosophy may may surround itself with all different types of uh, uh, meanings, symbols. All right? So I, 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 I think that Tobago is a little different. It's, it's much more homogenous than Trinidad, um, for sure. All right? It doesn't suffer from the same um, racial compositions as Trinidad does. So you would find I think the penetration strategy that you use in Tobago is very different to the penetration strategy that you use in Trinidad. That's one of the reasons why PNM split it, well virtually split itself into two recognizable parts. All right. um, one called PNM and one called PNM Tobago. Right. It, it's something that they have to deal that the, the party has to deal with as well.
0: And I guess, the, the, as you said, the. Tobago had been paying them for a while when it shifted at one point to hour. But then the, the letdown, the broken promises led to distrust after a while.
3: Well, I, I don't know if it's a question of distrust. Tobago has been doing economically badly. Uh, it doesn't have industry as Trinidad does. The one thing that they have is tourism. And quite frankly, Tobago hasn't made up its mind in terms of how it's going to be tourism product. We're still on the basis that we're lush. We're clean, green, and serene, right? which is a nice way of seeing sun, sea, and sand. Uh, we haven't developed tourism product. And the bottom line is if you go to Tobago um, and you're a foreigner, and you're, what, what, what are you going to see? When you going to see beaches? Okay. Uh, there are forests? Yes. Uh, what do we do for entertainment? If I wanted to go game fishing, I just assume that, that Tobago has game fishing. Uh, how many companies that are set up um, to carry me game fishing. They'll tell me that it'll carry me to the reef. But we know that the reef has suffered long term damage. So it's a shadow of its former self. So we have the nylon pool. So that's that's a morning. Um what else are we going to do? If you're a scuba diver, you'll go um on the east coast. Alright. So yeah and you have to you have to set up things for people to do. That's what tourism is about. They're about things to do. All right? So you have to have activities. Somebody experience available. What, the, the experience
0: that separate from from because as you say, you want beach, you can get beach in this. You want this, you can get that in Jamaica. What do we offer that's unique in addition to the sea and well, sand? especially yeah, being well, this far this far south?
3: Well, yeah, and I, I do I do what you go and that 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 that's the trick. That's the that's what that's what they have to make up their minds about in terms of what they're selling. All right. Um, <clears throat> and uh, quite frankly, you know, you know, they say this is what we say we have with story stories. They have to make it a product. All right. you have to have things for people to do and, and this is what I'm saying tourism is about the idea of tourism is you come to the big one and you relax so that's not necessarily what people go to go on go on holiday for they go on holiday to do different things a uh, change of scene for X y and Z so you have to you have to position you have to position you have to sell a product that's that's my point that's, that's the only point I make with regard Speaking
0: to that Speaking of spending product our product is oil and gas prices are high uh yeah. Of course, we discussed in detail about the, <laughs> the war in Ukraine, Russia, war and the impact on, on energy prices. Give us your your overall perspective to start the conversation,
3: please. Well, I think what's what's going to matter is how long is it will, will the war go to last, and, and, and by definition, therefore, the, how long will the instability and uncertainty in the international markets last? Um Let's put it this way prices were recovering. What we've had is a spike in prices. The difficulty is that Trinidad is not necessarily in the best position to recover or alternatively to benefit from those prices. Why? Well, um, despite the, the, the very optimistic statements in the budget speech with regard to gas production between 2018 and, and now, um, the reality is that the production of natural gas has fallen. Uh, if you just look at the numbers for last year, for example, we started off in January an average production number of three billion barrel uh, sorry um, cubic feet a day, um, and then at the end of November the average for November was two point three billion cubic feet a day. Uh, there's there's a reason why train one is not operating. There's just not enough gas to operate it. Um, in addition, as much as you know that that the government has said that the reason for closure of the plants. There are two reasons why the plants were closed. One, um, the price of the, the new contract price at the time for gas was higher than the sale proceeds um, to be generated by that gas. So the plants closed in. But also an issue with regard to adequacy of supply. Right Now that the prices are substantially high, particularly in the petrochemical sector, um, the plants have reopened, they're operating at, uh, at at less than what one would call an efficient plant capacity because of the lower gas supply. But that has been more than compensated for by the increase in price. But price and, and revenue is a function of volume multiplied by price. So if you have lower volumes and higher prices, well, the prices have to go up by a sufficient amount to compensate for the decline in volumes. Um, and how long is that going to last? That's the question, because this is a this is a, what you would call a, a, a windfall. This is a result of, of market conditions caused by a war. War so far, um, it had started before, but now because of the shortages as a result of of, of of the pandemic. But now we have a war, which has pushed prices up. Now the war will stop at some stage, and at some stages prices will come back down. There are going to be, um, there's going to be destruction in supply. And, and by destruction in supply, meaning that not everybody's going to be able to produce at the same volumes as they were able to produce, and that will keep prices up for a little while. But as it as prices go up, they come back down. So we are faced with a longer-term issue. And the longer-term issue is is Trinidad going to be able to produce at sufficiently large volumes of gas to maintain the petrochemical sector and the LNG sector. And that's the question. And quite frankly, the question at this stage is is we're not sure. It explains why the government has been going after manatee. It explains why they've been going after dragon and gas, which is in cross-border gas, i.e. gas in Venezuela. Because the presumption is that if something goes wrong in Trinidad, because natural supply, um, then there are other areas of gas that we can get at but of course we've been negotiating for 20 years and that hasn't happened as yet. So that tells us that that's not such an easy task so that volume is going to be important moving forward. And that's the uncertain issue. So even if we have an increase in price, we, we know we've had a, a 40 year history. We know that prices go up, and prices come down. So that the bottom line is that you can't go ahead and just let the expenditure roll because at some stage of the game, you'll have to pull your head in and you're not going to be able to do it. So what you have to do is what is maintainable. That's the issue. What can I comfortably spend on a long-term basis? What's the difference? What's the, what we call the windfall? And the question is, how do I deal with the windfall? Windfalls can't go to pay salaries, for example. You can't make um, long-term decisions on the basis of short-term gains. So you have to isolate those short-term gains, so that notwithstanding the increase in prices, this does not mean to say that government is going to be in a position, uh, the country is going to be in a position to just simply go out and say, well, okay, we've been saved, so everything else can happen now. That you know that's what we have to look at, so that the the real issue from the point of view of gas and oil is how much reserves. Um, how much can we extract on a long-term basis and continue to extract what is maintainable? And just a, lot, just, just a couple months ago, we were talking about climate change and the change in the energy situation and that we would need to, uh, that gas is a sunset. Gas and, and oil are sunset industries and we have to transition. You know, We're talking about how we could profit from it in the short run, but that still remains a long-term issue. So that we have to consider what is maintainable earnings and we have to live on maintainable earnings right and the difference we have to decide how we're going to treat with that is that going to be used to fix the infrastructure is that going to use to fix wasa is that going to use to fix roads you know those are the kinds of issues that we have to talk about managing on maintainable income what is maintainable income
2: um i know the the imf would recently have indicated that the which is something that has been discussed I mean, for a little while now, the issue of the exchange rate and that they're saying that we are 20%, approximately 20% overvalued. Um, and, of course, the, the newspapers this morning are saying that, quoting call members are saying that there's no devaluation planned for the Trinidad Tobago dollar. How long can we navigate this issue of the exchange rate?
3: Well, we've been navigating it for how many years? Six years. This is this is not a this is not a new phenomenon. Um the 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 IMF on page forty six, I think in the, in the technical desiderator, um, you'll find on page forty six there's a paragraph example and a graph, which gives you the lower line is the is the actual number, um, the exchange rate as it exists, um, central bank rate that has been used. Okay, that's the selling rate. And then there are two other numbers, one which is called the nominal effective exchange rate and the other one which is called the real effective exchange rate, All right? Well, both are statistical terms. And in real terms, what they're saying is, um, they're talking about what in real exchange rate, for example, is when you consider the impact of inflation. So for example, in terms of your major trading partners, you trade with them. What is your inflation rate in your country? What is the inflation rate is theirs? And by definition, exchange rates are a sort of bellwether of, uh, econom- of, of how an economy adjusts. So if your, if your inflation rate is higher than this, it means that your purchasing power is deteriorating at a faster rate. At all stages of the game, the Trinidad the Bigger dollar is fluctuating. To Trinidadians, it appears constant. It isn't. If you are pegged against another currency, that currency fluctuates every day. So if, for example, we're pegged against the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar fluctuates daily in relation to sterling, in relation to Canadian dollar, in, in relation to all the other traded currencies. So your currency is fluctuating the same way with regard to the other, other commodities, just that you are pegged to one currency. And your, the value, therefore, of your output is varying every day in accordance with the changes in the relative exchange rate of your one, the one currency in which you have denominated the U.S. dollar. So what they're really trying to say is is that relative to the performance of your trading partners, your exchange rate, both on a nominal basis and adjusted for inflation is less than the rate or rather overvalued. In other words, you're, you're paying too little for a us dollar. You need to pay more, right? And if you pay more, then you will keep your us dollars for longer because it means that you will buy less. That's technically how the, the the thing works right that if your exchange rate uh, is 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 you know if you if you have if you're pushing power is declining and this is what will happen in your household, you'll buy less of a particular item and you try to become more efficient so they're sending about two or three messages one that from an economic point of view that the exchange rate leads to misallocation of resources two that because people are paying are buying US dollar at a lower price than they should be paying, they are spending uh, using more US dollars. And three, if there is a difference between the nominal and what we would consider to be the real effective exchange rate, which means that you could take a US dollar today, you could buy a US dollar today and take it and park it abroad. And at some stage of the game, when the thing evens itself out, the person who has the US dollar abroad will find themselves 20% better off. Right. Now, the implication of that is that you need to, your interest rates in your country are too low and they need to be bumped up. Now, those are the sort of three technical parameters as a result of that. What does that translate to for the, for the man in the street? Well, that you're paying too little for the U.S. dollars relative to what, you're put, what, what your capacity is on the basis of what the economics says. That's what they're trying to say. And on that basis, you're wasting resources. Right, no. uh,
0: is, is, is it a correct assumption, because I've heard someone say it, and I may be wrong in my interpretation, that to maintain this quote-unquote devalued uh, or valued uh, exchange rate, that the central bank has to pump X amount of money into the system on yes. a monthly slash annual yes. basis to maintain that. And what does that yes. mean for us in the context of reduced forex inflows because of our dwindling earning well, capacity at this time? Or is that, that that, wrong, that, wrong that's assumption. very
3: straightforward, right? You, what you have to do is to you just assume that the, the dollar has been overvalued. There are a couple of indices that will help us with that. One, as long as there's a black market rate, it tells us that the, the, the official rate is off, and the black market rate for some time has been above seven dollars. Right? In some instances, it's gone as, as far as eight fifty. Right? Now, surprisingly, right? Well, unsurprisingly. If you if you take if you were to multiply um six point eight seven multiplied by 1.2 one point two zero something in that which is what they calculate or there are statistical measures that you could use and statistics I mean statistical uh, regression analysis and most of the things they can do to calculate those things. Right, and they actually give the numbers in the report on page forty six. Well, you'll get a a, a figure of about eight twenty-five, which is about what the black market rate used to be. It has come down somewhat, and it's somewhere, somewhere in seven plus. But we know that the 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 the, the figure and the black market is somewhere between a minimum of seven twenty-five and somewhere up to eight something. Well, so it means that the number is not that. The number that they calculate is not that far off. Now, what does that mean in real terms? Well, they start off when the gas price was high, and when the budget was strong meaning that government was earning a, a huge amount of revenue um, and that figure was in 2014 and we know at the time that the reserves um, were 10.5 billion but where are the reserves today the reserves are somewhere south of 7 billion so it's somewhere between 6.5 and 6.8 right now that includes almost a billion dollars that was a literally a gift from the IMF in terms of special drawing rights, which form part of our official results. If you take that away, you're probably closer to about, just about six or going below six. Well, it means between 2015, December 2015, and this used December 2015 is a benchmark um, where we had $10.5 billion in reserves. The Official reserves are now somewhere minus the, the, the IMF grant, um, somewhere around um, Six billion, roughly. Well, you've lost five billion in in, 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 reserve, in in reserves. That's what it translates to. And when you look at the numbers, we know that every year there's a thing called errors and omissions. And errors and omission it means that money has been going out I and mean, we're not too certain why and what for. right? But if you calculate all the numbers, errors and omission is the biggest number. It's about one point, somewhere between 1.5 and 1.8 billion US dollars a year. Right, which means that exactly the point that I was making: people are taking money and parking it somewhere else. They're using it somewhere else in another country because they figure at some stage of the game, the number has to fall. Right, the, the exchange rate will have to change, and if the exchange rate changes, and say I have, I say I have a hundred thousand dollars that I they put in an money. account and earning one percent. Well, it's earning one percent that, so I, I'm, not, I'm not any worse off. But if the exchange rate changes, I get twenty percent one time. All right, so where would you put your money where there's a bigger where there's a bigger possibility of a 20 percent gain so you hold but, it but, in a uh, foreign is, currency
0: the, the, the minister of finances and the government are clearly adamant he's maintained there will be no devaluation Let me yeah and the that's the different, a political
3: argument yeah that's, that, there, that's not an there, economic argument
0: is there and are there advantages because there there's a political fallout to the word devaluation in this country i would prefer let to an exchange rate adjustment, are there advantages to the country at this time that we may not be looking at for that
3: kind of adjustment? Well, here, here's the problem politically. Um, the economic policy of Trinidad and Tobago and the budgetary policy of Trinidad and Tobago has been built literally on one thing: um, we we will borrow to maintain, to keep the standard of living, or to maintain government expenditure profile to kind of keep us in the same place. And um, we will wait for when prices rise. Well, prices have risen. this is what they were waiting on. right So here it is prices have risen. What's the real problem? Well, the volume of gas, the volume of oil um, is down and that this spike this this price increase may be temporary, right? You don't know how temporary. a year, two years, maybe three, and we then come back down to the long term maintainable price. The 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 international numbers says the long term maintainable price of of oil is somewhere around between seventy five and eighty dollars a barrel. All right, so that means uh in terms of lifting costs, you have to manage your lifting costs to to be to, to be able to compensate for that. But in the meantime, prices are high, we have got high, high we've gotten high in, got a higher income. But at the same token, when price, when energy prices go up, inflation starts because the energy price is a key literally to doing business and everything, right? Because it covers goods have to be moved. You have to move them from point B. You have to bring, you have to bring all the supplies in. You have to move the supplies out. right. So the underlying structural costs go up. When the underlying structural costs go up, they feed into demand. Prices for almost all the other inputs, right? And we know that the world has been on an inflationary trend. Prior to the war, we know that the, there has been an inflationary trend across the world. It's not unique to Trinidad, it's across the world. Now, if you have inflation coming into the domestic market and it's going up at a, a rate abroad, um, then it's going to feed into your market. Why? Because we import almost everything that we do. And if we import, then by definition, and the prices are higher, then um, its cost of living is going up. If you adjust the exchange rate, or there's an exchange rate adjustment at that time, you already have the underlying cost of inflation. right? So then if you adjust the rate of inflation, you push up prices even more. because if everything is imported, then by definition it's going to be affected by the new infl- inflated price. And if you increase the price at which you're going to pay for the item from the point of view of an exchange rate, well, you've just compounded the situation. That's the reason why from a political perspective, that you're not going to do it. Now consider the domestic situation. All right I need to fix water. I need to fix roads. I need to improve my health care. I need to improve X, I need to improve y. All of that increase demands on the state's ability to spend. All right? well, and how does the state gets its revenue? The state gets its revenue from taxation? And you can only tax profitable businesses. And in those circumstances, the question is, can you tax them more? And the answer is if they're paying more for food, they're paying more for transport, they're paying more for X, they're paying more for Y, the answer is no. So that's the conundrum in which government has found itself, that the new increased prices for energy are positive. It probably means that it will be an uptick in EREC, not as much as they figured, but at the same token, there are whole other number of price changes that the country is going to go through. So you can't just go and increase your... That's one of the reasons why people are sensitive to property tax. That's one of the reasons why they're sensitive to X or Y or Z. Right? So because food and fuel are the basics in... And rent are the basics in the diet of what you will consider to your middle and lower incomes, which is where the majority of people are. So you're talking about... At the same token, a real fall in the value of their income. Their purchasing power is less. All right? So you can increase taxes in that type of situation. And in the same token, I don't have the I don't have the capacity to, to spend on all the other things. And I, all there are other things which need to be done. So if I have to increase water rates, I have to fix water. I have to increase water rates. All right? tech is clearly underfunded. All right? The rates are too low. All right. So that's another issue. Right, then, your fuel costs going up at the pump. Price of food going up but the uh, price of food going up because it's imported. Those are difficult situations to deal with in those circumstances. No government wants to talk about adjustment of exchange rate.
2: When the when the prime minister um, uh, spoke at Qatar in that conference, he referenced that Trinidad had a bad deal. Trinidad had a bad deal with regard to how much we were getting for our gas and and he figured that that deal had cost us billions of dollars. Um, I suppose my question is, how, what are the positives that we can extract in terms of renegotiating those deals? And what are the positives in terms of the exploration that's taking place in the deep water that will in the middle to long term accrue us some benefit or do you think that because of that sunset that's on oil and gas that's really not going to be a substantive change in our fortunes
3: well sunset is sunset we we know we know that's where we are um there's not likely to be uh, uh there's you have to distinguish what is taking place in ukraine is short term short to medium term. in the life we're talking about we talk about the next 25 years so if it lasts, uh, if, if it lasts one year, all right, um, it's still short term. It might be long for the people living in Ukraine, but it's short term. At some stage of the game, the markets are going to return to their normal, their, their return to normalcy. But in the meantime, everything else would have changed, and the, the pol- political and economic decisions are made in it now. But you have to take into consideration the strategic implication moving forward. Um, so the bottom line energy and there are going to be change underlying changes in the energy sector. We we have to consider what is the long term growth capacity of that particular sector. All right. The reality is we have been we are a mature province. That's why the that's why the wells are falling. And in the case of gas, the gas wells will fall much more quickly than it would in oil. The errors that have been made in a in a negotiating point, and that's one of the reasons why PP says all the time, they live in accordance with the agreements. All right. Well, that 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 is a code for if you agree a contract with me, right, for you to come and change it, you have to negotiate with me, and a negotiation is about what you are giving up and what I'm doing, what I'm giving up for for both of us to get some benefit. Now, the mistakes that the prime minister has been talking about and they raised a the red flag at with regard to 2018 are not mistakes that were made in 2018. They were mistakes which were made when they were negotiated. So that negotiation would have taken place when? 1999, that's 20 something years ago. But the point is that is the basis for which the extraction is taking place. Now, correcting that, of course, is going to be very hard, especially when you're dealing with a multinational corporation. So the government has to be clear about what pain it is going to take when it is making those decisions and what pain it is going to pass on. Right now, when you say that kind of thing in public, Right? You give the expectation, as you are holding on to, that you could correct it. So, for example, um, 1999, so Trinidad is invested in LNG in two places. In train one, which is now closed, so your benefit from that is zero. In fact, it costs you $270 million. Uh, and then your benefit is on train four. right? But two and three have no benefit. Who supplies the gas? Well, we're the two major shareholders, BP and Shell. Yeah, but you made those agreements in 1999, so even if you come back and you unitize and you put all of them back in position, what is a unitization agreement? A unitization agreement effectively is a merger, all right. A merger as well. We take the, all of them together and we dilute your what you we put in ours, you put in yours. This is the value of mine, this is the value of yours. What's the your new percentage? It doesn't really. It's 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 transparent. It doesn't change anything because you're still getting the same percentage share of what you're have gotten out of um, train 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 four but you're now getting it out of um, two three and four All right hasn't it hasn't put you in any better position the mistake was in terms of not going in on two and three that's a mistake you can't correct that the correcting that is very very difficult so you have to close the tax loophole All right so have you done it what are the changes well you're not dealing you're not dealing with unsophisticated companies you know these people hire the best and when they put stuff in position for you to reverse that, you have to do the same thing. And quite frankly, we haven't done and spent the money to do it. It's not easy. It's difficult. And so you could, you could say it, you tell the country, well, we're not getting as good a deal as you want. That is not putting any pressure on BP and Shell. The only way you could put pressure on BP and Shell is when you get to the table and negotiate. Well, what, what, what is the change in the rates that we're talking about, any tax rate or any treaties and stuff that have to take place? And so far, there's no evidence or anything. So what we have, that's PR, trying to sell the country, tell the country, well, we've had difficulties, we can't get more. Look, these people are the bad fellas. But that's not helping the country either. It's only going to help us when you get to the table and change that.
0: We have 10 minutes and two questions. I have two questions. Richard may have more. Um, one is, and I'll put both on the table one time, one is do you, uh, are there devils in the details about what the Prime Minister indicated about the fuel subsidy situation that have not been accounted for in the public domain one, and are we underestimating the rise in Guyana's energy sector at this time to what the the impact could be on our energy sector in trinidad Tobago because we're neighbours?
3: Um, so, Repeat those questions again. Sorry. One, one
0: is about the fuel subsidy as outlined. Oh, by the OK, Prime good. Minister, fuel the impact subsidy of the, of the changes one. in the global energy prices. OK,
3: cool. All right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fuel subsidy is, is, is a difficult situation. Um, as I pointed out to you, the cost of fuel is going to rise. He, he gave the examples. He said the price of diesel at the pump should be $6.78, or $7, somewhere thereabouts. Everything should be above $7, or about $7 plus. So premium should be somewhere about 750. what's the price now 575 um what's the price of of of, of, of um, super. super 497 well you' are about two two to three dollars away so you're talking about price rises at the pump in diesel hundred percent and in the case of what you call it on the other side a low of 20 percent that's the price range you're looking at Want, and what he is saying is, okay, this is going to be a steep price rise. Um, we recognize again, as I made the point, fuel is basic. It covers transportation costs. Everybody had to go from from home to work, right? Um, you use fuel for electricity, for food, for all different kinds of things. Right. So, it's going to rise. I don't have the budgetary support. I don't have the size budget. And this is if this, if the prices, this is what the prices is, but we're importing fuel. So we're importing refined fuel. So what you're looking at the price of the pump in the States effectively is what the price of the pump should be in Trinidad. All right. So if that's the price, well, I can't subsidize all of it. I'll subsidize some of it. I don't know how much, but I don't know how much money I'm going to have. All right. And that's the message that prices are going to go up. That's the message. Prices are going to go up. I can't explain to you by how much I'll try to mitigate the price rise. Right. And you don't have to look too far. Just look at the budget speech yesterday or the implication of the of the budget budgetary changes in Barbados on the prices of fuel. Price of fuel in Barbados is expensive at the pump. We're talking about three dollars TT a liter. They're talking about three dollars Barbados a liter. What, the what, what, the, now-
0: what is the buffer time the government have on that price increase in fuel given the increases in fuel globally?
3: Not about that taking place now as we speak. Right? So right now. All the so, new so my question questions how coming. much time
0: can the government continue this level of subsidy? We're more prices.
3: than a month. How much how much reserves we have? We have a month reserves or we get in shipments every day. Well the answer is we probably get in shipments every day every week. So you have at best a week maybe two. Right? And a worst case situation a month but at some stage of the game it's going to kick in. And you might not see it but somebody going to feel it in effect. Priyo is going to be feeling it, right? Um Heritage will be feeling it, all right? At some stage, it's gonna it's gonna kick in very quickly. We might not see it or might not know because the government has not adjusted the price of the pump. Because the price of the pump is not adjusted, doesn't mean it's, it isn't here. You know,
0: somebody paying for it right now,
3: right? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: So and of course, the, the increase in price in the transportation of goods and services, and the, the increase in the prices in supermarkets, right? Right. Cetera, right. Immediate knock ons.
3: Correct. Knock on knock on effect. One time. And in the case, and and, and there's also have a non effect, right? These are these are nice names we give in economics. So, a non effect is that once I know it's going to take place, right? I might as well adjust for it now. So, all of those kind of things are being happening as we speak. Hence, paying for catch-up at KFC, right? <laughs> that all of that is all that is happening as we speak. Now, with regard to Guyana and Ghana, is long-term situation. Guyana is is relative to its population So, Guyana's population is less than a million people. It's it's really concentrated on a narrow strip of land. It has always been a country that's been rich in resources. Now we're considering what, what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a, a production volumes um, uh, that uh, uh, we're talking about. They, they're looking to 800,000 barrels a day. Well, that is effectively, they're looking at the kind of income that Trinidad and Tobago would have had. If you convert um, natural gas to barrel of oil equivalents, Trinidad at its high point was producing... 800,000 barrels of oil a day. Effectively, if you convert natural gas into a barrel of oil equivalent, and you want to use one number, you're producing just under a a, a million barrels of oil a day. 800,000, right? Now, that is where Guyana is headed to. That's the territory Guyana is headed to so far. And the difference between oil and gas is that the oil wells tend to last longer. There are secondary recovery practices that you could use in oil, don't really exist for gas. So that Guyana has a longer a longer time in that business than than, than we do on current volumes. And that's the difference between Guyana. So Guyana is on the way up. We are stabilizing on the way down. So the issue is how best to use available surplus resources in Trinidad or skill sets in Trinidad to basically be part of the oil bonanza in Guyana. Hmm.
0: Do, in terms of the solar plants that have been announced, the 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 is it I forget the name of the company, uh, Shell, BP, and the government of Trinidad and Tobago. Do you think we're pivoting to that in time? And what are the implications of that type of renewable energy pivot, which is I think five years down the road, if I'm not mistaken? to the energy grid and the energy uh, approach in Trinidad and Tobago?
3: Well, I, I, the, the, two, the, the two things that we have to look at, you have to go back to fundamental economics. The point is we're way behind the eight ball where that is concerned. Why? Because there's been no incentive to move out of it. The, I mean, my students, I used to teach a little bit about energy economics. So my students have done research work, and the bottom line is a trend because pricing is five cents per kilowatt hour. Around the rest of the Caribbean, we're talking about thirty-one cents. So there was an economic incentive for them to find alternative ways. We know that the price point um, for solar was about fifteen cents. Well, that's still three times the cost of, of our current subsidized electricity rates. Right. So the, the real difference will be made when we have to when we remove the subsidy from electricity. Then everybody will understand that if you could get solar, you could get solar and you could use wind and you could use it at fifteen US cents per kilowatt hour. Right, and it's and it's in it's it's cheaper to maintain from that basis. Well, solar will take off. But the point is the economic incentive to move into solar is not in Trinidad precisely because we have subsidized fuel rates. All right. That's 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 a critical issue, and that's what that's one of the reasons why the TNT is suffering. It it pays for the gas, it has to pay open market prices for the gas, but it's selling it at fixed rates and fixed lower rates. And at that stage of the game, well, if I'm buying at a high price, I have to pay a tolling arrangement to the the PPPs um, who are providing electricity. And I'm selling it at five US cents, but I'm paying seven cents or eight cents. Well, TNTech is in a jam. And at the same token, we're sending all the wrong signals to the market. The price should be somewhere. We know that the price, the cost should be around $0.15, cents, minimum Minimum 10 minimum 10 And that's my estimate, but I, that, I'm not putting my hat on it. So let's just say we'll go with the, the, the estimate, say about $0.15. Cents. Well, that's, that's a 300% increase because we've been subsidizing it all the time. There's a reason why what happens... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, right TNTech, um took too took too long because they didn't have the cash flow because they couldn't get help from government in terms of the acquisition the rights away so that they were they were dependent too much on one line when they should have had multiple lines. Jonan was never meant to be dependent on TGU TGU was meant to supply the aluminum smelter right now that decision was uh, fourteen years ago. Right, so fourteen years ago, we know. I mean, or ten years ago, we knew that we were going to run into this problem. Well, we had ten years to fix it. We haven't fixed it because we, again, the the, the electricity company is under resourced. Uh,
0: can I ask you a political question? Yes. I guess all the questions we ask is more than you're <laughs> in a political. Ultimately, way. money always end up in politics. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, there's a an uh, all day cabinet meeting today. It strikes okay. me as quite curious, you know, mm. and, uh, and all day meeting. I said, okay. Uh, mm. What is the greatest challenge facing the government at this time? In, in the realm of all that's happening, there's a lot that hap- that's becoming out of the pandemic, the clinical death toll was high, and a lot has happened in the last month or so that the government has had to deal with the Paria situation, the Venezuelan situation. What is the government's biggest challenge at this time in this country?
3: Well, these challenges always come back down to one thing: all challenges, all all decisions, show themselves up in terms of economic issues. And the economic issue is what is the budgetary capacity of the government of Trinidad and Tobago to solve or alternatively to address some of these problems? To what extent can they address it? And that's the issue. So, and he said it very clearly: um, uh, we, we in, these are the prices that we're facing, and 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 that. The mere fact that he had that conversation, this is last week, Tuesday. It meant that when we are buying fuel, we don't buy fuel today for today. You know. we have to make arrangements. So there are forward contracts right, for delivery. Right? The, price of that, the price of those contracts could change on the water, depending upon market conditions. It shouldn't happen, but it could happen. So in those situations, the prices that we're looking at in the international market are having a direct and immediate impact on the prices that Paria is facing. If Paria is facing that crisis, Paria is facing a financial crisis. It has to see for itself. if it is, And if it is selling gas at one price and buying it at another, right, that immediate and government is a 100% shareholder, that immediately translates into a budgetary problem. That's how he knows about it. That's how he could give you the numbers. Because Paria has been living this for the last since the war started. Right? So that translates immediately into a budgetary situation.
0: How far more do you expect food prices to continue to rise? No I,
3: I, no, I can't give you any of that. I can't I can't do our crystal ball. I can't tell you what how I think the prices are going to go. Right. The moral of the story, um, I think that, that my, my information has it that um, my, our friends in the Middle East are looking to make as much money as they can out of this. So as far as they're concerned, the prices should go up all right now, if that is the case, that has in a that that has a continued problem for Paria and by definition for the government of Trinidad and Tobago, and by definition for the fuel subsidy.
2: Yeah. Do you think that the, that the government then? I mean, I mean, I'm getting from you that the government has no choice but to remove, if not all, at least some of the subsidy that is on oh, fuel. Oh no,
3: that, that? I don't think there's any choice in that. All right. Yeah. Now, the, the minister, the the measure is that the minister was saying all the time. That we had go of fluctuating. When that's when the prices were low, right? He had the opportunity to do that. He didn't do it, right? All the legislation is in position. Now the prices are high, right? Well, go and tell the population you're going to face the real prices at the pump. Well, that that who's going to do that? And that's the real that's political issue. You haven't done it for you didn't do it for six years, right? And 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 you're going to do it in one week. Well, and that's the political problem.
2: How much, uh, and I know we, we're closing off to the point of the interview at this point, um, but just looking at the international picture with the war in Ukraine and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, which has to be a, a concern for economists around the world because it's uncertain and businesses don't like uncertainty. Correct. Um, um, do you, how much of a r- risk you think this can extend it to being a world war? Um, in terms There's of how you're world
3: looking at it. The, 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 immediate, the, the immediate, what you call the choices, and they, they will do whatever is required to avoid a world war. Because quite frankly, all of those sanctions that affect Russia, affect the rest of us. We are going the world is going to pay for this war at the pump. Right? That's what's taking place. Russia, I mean, and, and Russia and, and, and people figure that Russia is only oil and gas. Well, just think about fertilizer. Just think about food. Right? Russia and Belarus, between themselves, produce 40% of the world's potash. That means that the price of food and the price of, the price of fertilizer will go through the roof. It's already through the roof. It's just that we are not seeing the prices. Those are taking place in markets that we don't know. All right. So that the, the real issue here is whether the world is going to see a recession. That's the issue. All right. That's the point. That's the, that's the real difficulty. I think they will do as much as is required because a nuclear war, nobody wins. Everybody knows that. So somebody has to give up something. right? And quite frankly, the West is going to have to give up a lot at this stage of the game. But they're trying to make it, um, trying to make Russia pay a price for that. right? But the, the, the real economic cost is a recession. That's where we are.
2: Okay. Well, that's where we will have to leave it this morning. But yeah. thank you so much, Mariano Brown, for the
1: conversation. Thank, well, you, thank you so all. much. Thank you for I... the time. All right, all the best to you. Have a great day. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, of course, that was... Recording stop. Thank you, Dorothy. Uh, Mariana Brown, speaking with us here on the Power Breakfast Show. All right, let's get into our news brief.
0: Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.